Welcome back to Behind the Bench with Carter Eckel. This is episode 36. I am your host, Carter E., joined as always by my producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. We've got a few things to touch on today. Won't be a terribly long episode, but definitely, definitely some noteworthy things going around in the uh, community here as we, you know, Jeff, as we were kind of alluded to, we're starting to starting to see things transition back into uh, fall sports here. I know Carson just hired a new girls tennis coach. Dayton's got a new girls basketball job. I believe they're on the verge of getting a new athletic director as well. Um, I don't think that's happened yet, but I do believe that is in the process. Other things going on in the area we will get to in a second, but we are steamroll. I mean, I know it's still July, but we are we are getting right back into the the swing of things here in northern Nevada as it comes to high school sports, aren't we, Jeff? We are. I was just at the high school today talking about it, and we are on the brink. Yeah, longtime Carson, uh, I guess, employee Jennifer Minifee takes over as the girls' tennis coach there. Um that was a uh, new hire that I received information from last week from Carson High Athletic Director Blair Roman. Uh, you also probably saw in this past Saturday's paper, if you got it, that Dayton has hired uh, Stephen Nichols to take over the girls' basketball job. Nichols has a son who still attends Carson High, but said he's just – he coached when he was in his 20s, got out of it to uh, start a family and has started to fall back in love with it after coaching middle school uh, the last year or two and ends up with the the Dayton girls job and says he's hoping to build a program down there, which, I mean, I know they've had a little bit of turnover, at least with specifically with girls basketball as to, uh, you know, number of head coaches that they're, they're going through for one reason or another, but uh, I guess we'll see, right? You never, never really know with uh, with new hires, and we'll we'll see how that goes. Wish him the best of luck there. Uh, I know he's also a DJ in his spare time, so it should be should be pretty entertaining, I'm sure, for those uh, those girls basketball players. Should get it, should get a kick out of it. Sounds like they've already been to a a summer tournament as well, so he's getting to know the team and uh, going from there. As I alluded to earlier, I think from talking to Nichols that. Dayton High will have a new athletic director this fall. That is not confirmed. I am waiting to hear uh, confirmation on that. But, you know, since it's a podcast and we're not actually publishing this in print, I can say that I've heard that there should be a new Dayton AD. We will see, though. We will see. I'm I'm sure that that can't be an announcement that's waiting too much longer, given that it's July 25th and somebody's going to have to hop into that role very quickly to get things rolling out there but in i think probably some of the bigger news is uh carson valley little league the u12 team makes it to the state tournament state finals more specifically before falling seven six in the state finals so they finish as the state runner-up in the the 12 u pretty impressive if i do say so myself and jeff i know we were having this conversation a couple weeks ago about how there hadn't been many teams around the area to even make it to the state tournament recently, let alone make it into the state finals. Yeah, they, they, that's, I saw it yesterday, posted yesterday. That's, it's awesome for them. Great baseball going on, apparently. Yeah. Seven, six final. I know, I know 12 U doesn't transition straight into high school, but uh, look out for Douglas high school baseball to just keep rolling. If things, uh, things are looking at this rate, I mean, you, you could tell me from all the little league teams you've covered, but how many of those those kids end up playing significant minutes or significant roles at at the high school level? At Jeffrey Peters, there's proof right there. And he, yeah, this is gonna to me it's it's transferred very well at Douglas. 
they've had several teams over the last couple of years get into that championship game. They weren't able to win it until this year for quite some time, but now you're seeing it on the field. You're in moving into the high school program. They've, they've been knocking on the door, knocking on the door, and now that's starting to pay off and those kids are coming up through. So that's super exciting for those kids because they'll stay together. It's an age thing. So they all go into high school about the same time. So that's, that's, Look out, Douglas is still coming. Yeah. yeah, and I know, I know, you know, winning doesn't solve everything, but it certainly helps, well, it especially makes you feel when lots you're better. <laughs> especially when you're when you're youth, and maybe you're not sure which sport you like the most, but you uh, you find some some added added success, excuse me, in in one sport over the other, and maybe that that flips your decision. Not that anybody should, any kid should feel uh, pressured to have to specialize in a sport. That is not at all what I'm alluding to, but. If, you know, anybody's on the fence about playing a certain sport, you never know those those little league experiences or those youth tournaments can completely change uh, outlooks as as far as how how kids feel about the about the sport they're playing. I can speak to that from personal experience. I uh, played a lot of soccer growing up. I wasn't particularly great, but we won the district tournament one year and. Uh, I won't toot my own horn, but had a couple goals in the playoffs, and uh, that that made me stick around for a while, and I progressively got worse. So that's you know beside the point. But yeah, and, uh, and I, I I I do want to make a, a little shout out for Little League as a as an organization. Uh, I'm I'm involved with AYSO, and I never thought growing up that I would because we made fun of AYSO when I was growing up. But being in California with CYSA, which is kind of club the whole world, but that's what there was where I lived and AYSO had no, no, uh, presence, but little league, it, it's community based. E- even in Reno, it's community based. It's where you live. It's the people that are directly near you. And for Douglas and for Carson as well. I mean, I, I know the, the Carson kids well, but for Douglas, they really, it is a community, you know, they've got lots of fans on the, on their Facebook page and it, it's, it just continues to roll. Um, and I think with the success, that, blah, the success that the high school team had this year, that trickle down will really keep the, the baseball community and the softball community because the softball team did fantastic. The high school softball team, same thing. Um, softball down below gets a little convoluted, but they're still feeding the program with good players coming up because you can't compete at state at high school and be a, let's face it, Douglas is a smaller school than some of these other schools that they're competing Absolutely. against. So it's fantastic that, you know, from a community building perspective, it's awesome to see that, you know, the, the community is really getting behind these teams and the kids and they feel that they have to. Yeah. And when, you know, when, when coaches say they want to build a program, this is exactly what we're talking about. I'm not saying that they got to go to the state championship every year to consider uh, having built a successful program, but you have to start with the, the 12 U's, the 10 U's, and the maybe even eight U's, depending on how young you want to go. But the, you can't just can't just sit in, you know, hope that talent shows up to your door at at at, uh, at the high school level and uh, just walks in because it's you gotta gotta develop it nowadays. Because as I mentioned a second ago, kids are specializing more and more and more, and you can have an opinion one way or the other on that. But like I said, you, sometimes sometimes just having a good athlete can make make all the difference in the world and it doesn't necessarily have to be the most technically skilled player depending on the sport but just having that extra piece to fit can be can be a huge thing and 
Uh, obviously, game knowledge is a, is a huge part of that. And uh, the other thing I just learned from the last two minutes is don't try to have Jeff, Jeff or I say success on <laughs> the podcast successfully. So. <laughs> you know, it's, I, was, I was talking with Samantha at the high school today about this. It's something that I'm, I'm trying to sort with with the teams that I coach. But this, this baseball team that now with Carson Valley, they know they can win. And that's very dangerous for any other team because they're not second guessing that, oh, you know, that team's such, such and such and so and so. They know they can win it at the state level. And that confidence is, is, it's powerful. So, I'm, especially when it, especially when it starts at uh, the 12U level. Right. And they've got years you know, to I, keep working yeah. on that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, change topics here a little bit. Rebecca Lobo was in Carson City uh, this past Thursday for the 53rd annual Governor's Dinner. It was also, she was invited as part of celebrating the 50th anniversary of Title IX. She was the first woman speaker to headline uh, the event in 50 years. So that's that was pretty cool. Got a chance to sit down with her alongside uh, Jim from the RGJ. It was really just the two of us with uh, Rebecca Lobo and the governor sitting in the front room of the mansion. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't usually get overwhelmed, but I, I read press conference in the email and was not expecting to be sitting on a couch with a dozen, half a dozen cameras behind me uh, having, you know, 40 people listen to listen to the question I was asking, but cool for her. did not stick around to, to listen to the, the actual speech themselves, but we got this actual speech itself, excuse me, but we did get a, you know, a, a preview of the, the whole thing where she was, you know, planning on talking about what Title IX had done for her and how she had seen it grown with uh, her three daughters, four, four kids, but three daughters. Um, I joked, I asked her about if she had any intention of coming up to the ACC tournament to play golf. And she said, uh, she said she thinks she could be a pretty good golfer. She had the time, but she's got four kids, so doesn't think she has the time to uh, to pick up golf. But she said, as a as a professional athlete, they all think they can they can be good at anything, and I believe her. I wouldn't hesitate for a second. You got you got that that coordination. I know golf swing is a little different than a basketball shot, and by a little, I mean a lot. But uh, they, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Give her give her some time. I'm sure she could she could figure it out pretty nicely. Um, pretty pretty neat little event though. Like I said, didn't didn't stick around for the the cocktail hour, the the back behind the scenes thing. Uh, it's the second time I've been in the governor's mansion. The first being a couple years ago when the knights were in town, or the knights staff at least were in town, giving out sticks and supplies to middle schools in the area, and they also did a watch party at the uh, governor's mansion in one of the rooms i don't remember but uh pretty neat to get you know escorted into the into the mansion past all the security stuff and uh talk to the governor and you know a hall of fame basketball player i mean what it's not a that's not an everyday feat or not an everyday thing you can uh get to do so that was that was pretty neat even if i may have gotten a little overwhelmed in the the moments of it but you know you live and you learn and uh still a cool cool thing to to be a part of as well. She also touched on the the Brittany Griner situation and how she's been, you know, illegally detained for I don't even know what the official number of days is, but it's been been too long and 
she had you know more to say on that but i don't want to misquote her there obviously that is something you can you can find out more for yourself just on a on a quick google search but still a neat event overall and uh cool to see that take place and something i'm gonna have to make sure i i attend uh at a yearly fashion now because that was the first one i had i had been to obviously pandemic uh, you throw that in there I, they probably had one last year that i didn't make it to but um still a, a neat event overall especially for something that's four five minutes away from from me at the moment i think it's great that it was actually at, at the mansion in carson city and not in vegas somewhere yeah, yeah, that was that was one of the jokes that uh, Rebecca Lobo got off was that Gabby Williams is her favorite person from the north, and the governor sitting there looking at her like, "Wait, what?" And she goes, "That's because you're from the south." And so, <laughs> so Gabby Williams, Rebecca Lobo's favorite Northern Nevada uh, person, athlete, you name it. But that was a that was a cool little uh, event there. Jeff, you know, I think that's probably all I got for this week. Like I said, we're starting to get back in the swing of things. So these episodes are going to really start picking up with content. It won't be, it'll be a lot more back to uh, our high school, high school sports avenues, amongst other things. Obviously, as you know, news happens around the community, we will happily talk about it on the podcast. And if you've made it this far, I appreciate you. And if you have a story idea, please send it to me at C-E-C-K-L at NevadaAppeal.com. You can also find me at C-E-C-K-L at RecordCourier.com, but both emails lead to the same inbox, and that should work there. You can also do sports at NevadaAppeal.com, and I will get a hold of it there. Thanks again to today's title sponsor. That is Double J Auto in Gardnerville. You can find them online at www.doublejautonv.com. I know I did not shout them out at the beginning of the episode, so we'll do a little double take here. That is once again, www.doublejautonv.com. Thanks again to my producer, Jeff Mulvihill, as always, and we will catch you guys next week. Take it easy. Take it easy.